0: FOREVER! DOG! Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew.
1: And hey, everybody else.
0: Welcome to our podcast, Scary Scary Stories to to Tell on the Pod. pod. It is a funny podcast about scary things hosted by two friends. And it's a cozy podcast for lonely people who like ghosts. (laughs) It's not a very well researched, um, like, you know, kind of cool ghost hunter podcast. Um, We're not serious people.
1: Right. Think um, librarian burnouts, unpopular librarians that (laughs) fall outside the clicks.
0: Whatever pet you have, we're going to be there petting it, asking questions. <laughs> and Andrew, we've always said spooky is not seasonal, but it is scary season, it is. which is exciting.
1: In fact, it is the day. It is the day of all days that this episode will be released. It is our Halloween special.
0: St. Halloween's feast day. St. Halloween. The feast day of St. Halloween, <laughs> who was killed. She had her breast cut off by Romans <laughs> to prove that she loved... Um, herself. It's a classic. uh, It's
1: a classic love story.
0: It is. Yeah. Not a lot of people know that that's where the the holiday comes from.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And gentle listeners, you know, every year we release Halloween special. This one is truly one for the ages because joining us today is a truly singular actor and horror icon. You know his work from Hocus Pocus, Hellboy, Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, Pan's Labyrinth, Legion, Crimson Peak, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and of course, the Shape of Water. The list goes on and on and on and on. The career is too amazing. We are thrilled to welcome today Doug Jones. Oh, is that is it my turn to talk? It's <laughs> your turn.
2: <laughs> oh well, wow. thank you for that lovely introduction. <laughs> I cannot live up to it. And you know, I'm, I'm. Can I just say right off the bat here? I'm envious of, of Anna's uh, microphone. Uh, she sounds so. She sounds so radio like.
0: <laughs> That's me, radio yeah. girl. Yeah. So yeah can yeah, you, you tell my, I do? <laughs> Yeah. I do 3 VO auditions a year. Is <laughs> it coming through? <laughs> kind of a mysterious girl. Oh, it plays. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Doug, <laughs> how is your Halloween week going so far?
2: Uh well, um oh, good. Um I would say well because uh, uh this is okay. So this is airing Halloween Day, Night. Halloween Day,
0: Halloween, yes.
2: Halloween Day. Well, I can tell you <sighs> that um, I, uh, I just, uh, just this week I won uh, another Saturn Award, which is the, the, <gasps> oh. uh, the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror. Uh, and I was nominated for the third time for Star Trek Discovery Best Supporting Actor on a TV series, and I oh, happened to win. I won my second one this week, so Ooh, I'm very, very excited about you. that. And that's a pretty congratulations. Statue. Yeah, thank you. Oh my gosh, that
1: is that's so huge. Yeah. yeah, so that's, that's a good fun time. I mean, this is the thing. Like you, you have this, you have this incredibly auspicious career in horror, and yet you are also just a tremendous actor. You know, yeah, like oh, it really is it's the best I, of all worlds.
2: What's funny, I get a lot of I get a lot of social media co- uh, uh, direct message contact from young, tall, skinny actors going, "I would love to do what you do," you know. <laughs> And, and they, they, they think like, you know, it must be easier because it's like, you know, you're covered up and you just have to move your elbows. Right. And I'm like, well, <laughs> well you know, uh, <laughs> let's start. <laughs> you really should start back at the beginning. Um, you have to start as an actor when you do what I do. Uh, you have to find the character, the creatures, uh, heart, soul, intentions, wants, needs, loves, hates, all, all fears, all those things that any actor needs to look into their character. Even if you're running down a hallway growling at somebody, you need to find all that so you have a purpose behind it. Right. Um, so you do have to start as an actor. So thank you for for recognizing that. It's very sweet of you.
0: Of course. Of course I, I yeah. When you're playing these creatures, but also like from the the sort of traditional actor homework background, like... What are some of the wants that you've had in a scene or like action? I mean, I'm not sure what your your process is.
2: Let's 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 do a very simple one. For instance, uh, in Pan's Labyrinth, I play both the fawn and the pale man, the guy with the eyeballs in his hands. Of course, Uh, he wakes up because uh, uh, the little girl in the movie um, took some food off my table, which she was instructed not to do once she got into my chamber. Just she had to go in there, get a key from a thing and get out of there. But the, this table was just so lavishly piled high with food. She took a grape and like started eating, it and and that woke up the pale man. So here I go on this. Ah, rah, rah, rah. Um, now uh, I didn't say a word. There's no dialogue, and I was just I, I had saggy skin. I was very skinny and with just excess skin sagging all over. So it was implied that maybe he was robust and and plump at one point. Because he does eat children, there's a pile of children's shoes in the corner that proves that he's had a history of eating children. (laughs) So he wakes up, and uh, and I don't think evil thoughts. I I had to just think, if I've awakened after that long uh, in slumber, that I would have lost all my weight and my skin is now sag. My you know my pectorals are now sagging to my navel. (sighs) I am hungry. That was it. That was it. It's it's breakfast time. I'm hungry. Oh look, there's a there's 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 breakfast, which was Ophelia, and I start chasing her. It was the most simple uh, direction I've ever felt for myself, and uh, but it was innocent. It was innocent. He's just trying to survive like anybody else. Uh, he does not know he's evil.
1: It wow. it really is remarkable, and it makes such a difference. I um I I watched The Shape of Water with a niece of mine. Mm-hmm. And she just like wept the whole time for your character. Like, was she old I, enough to see those those naughty scenes?
0: We 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 skipped past some stuff. <laughs> okay, yeah, good, yeah, yeah. okay, good. We turned the volume all the way up and we slowed it down. <laughs> <laughs> this but, is life kid.
1: <laughs> but it's funny. <laughs> she she was a big fan. I I grew up watching the Universal monster movies, and she was a big fan of the Creature from the Black Lagoon in particular. And she had seen the poster for it, and so so we showed her, you know a good deal of it, you know, without, without some of the uh, more graphic parts, but she was so moved by, you know, this character. And she just was like, why can't everyone just leave him alone? (laughs) Like, and you capture that so beautifully, really. Well, thank you for that. You know, uh, the, the original,
2: uh, uh, the, I say the original, the, the movie that inspired this for Guillermo del Toro was the creature from the Black Lagoon. Right. And he, he almost saw that movie as a, as a gross injustice. Uh, Here was this creature living his life, and and it was really a home invasion story. Here come these people <laughs> yes. he didn't ask for, right? <laughs> and, exactly. Uh, right. And so he's, he finds a little romantic attraction to uh, Julie Adams mm-hmm. in, uh, swimming above him. And that was one of the most beautiful scenes Guillermo had ever seen as a little boy when she, he's this, this threat swimming under her. And she's swimming above, not totally innocent of what was going on. Everyone else watches that scene, going, "Oh my gosh, he's in such grave danger." He said, "Oh gosh, I hope they get together." <laughs> so, right. So, so later in life, he creates this movie, The Shape of Water, where he got to where the creature and the and the young lady do get together and live happily ever after. Why <laughs> can't they? Right. So, I, I love that about him that he he
1: he felt a, a certain sense of completion from his childhood over that. Aww. That's amazing. I I love that story. Wow. Hmm. Now, were you like, were you a scary movie person as a kid? Was that a part of your childhood? Uh, not as much as, as a lot of your fans. Um, <laughs> <so> <laughs> I, yeah, believe it or
2: not, uh, I, I I love the Hallmark Channel. I like happy endings. I love I love fluffy, low stakes storylines. I love it all. So, when it comes to my career, you would think, like, how did that happen? Uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I. Uh, but I will say, my, my childhood, um, uh, what what got me intrigued by horror films was Boris Karloff, uh, when I saw him as the mummy. That was my first horror film I remember seeing. The late Friday night show on our local TV station in Indianapolis, Indiana. And I stayed up with a friend going, oh, my gosh, he's terrifying. All uh, right, so and then then my next my next creature film that i remember seeing was the creature from the black lagoon and i was i, I was uh, i was quite a swimmer as a kid and and i was uh, very enamored with that whole that just hit, he was i thought he was gorgeous and uh, and it was a tragic story and yeah something that runs through a lot of those old universal those classic horror tales is that there's a there's a monster and there's a human and there's all usually a connection and there there's a, a possibility of romance or some connection that goes beyond friendship yeah. And it never can work because oh, they're from different worlds. It'll never work. It's kind of so. There's always some kind of a tragic ending to it all. So, uh, so I too, like Guillermo del Toro, uh, have been tickled pink when he gives his monsters um, storyline and uh, and and he gives them the answers for the human in the story that's looking for answers. And uh, and like in The Shape of Water, there was a, a romance even. So uh, yeah. So that kind of my my own childhood has been sort of like brought to fruition because i do love happy endings and so i i uh i got one with the shape of water then finally yeah yeah i know
0: that is interesting like you talking about hallmark movies and the kinds (laughs) of movies that you like like Uh, compared to like those classic universal monster movies it kind of they structurally are very similar it's like fish out of water is just trying to find their way in the world is like (laughs) You right. know, a podcaster returns home, like, falls, falls in love with the Christmas the Christmas store owner. And, like, it's very right. similar to, like, the mummy wakes up, like, where am I? Right. <laughs> I, I thought don't belong this was here. Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my so God. True. It's wow. so true.
1: Yeah, we, we Andrew and
0: I are both big fans of, you know, obviously the early mummy, but also 1999's uh, remake. Is Right. Oh, uh, yeah. Our a central text to our friendship. <laughs> oh, don't go. Well, and yeah, it,
2: And Brendan Fraser was fantastic. Yes. Too. Really? So yeah. good. We're big All's fans.
0: On, a lot and, of stuff. Oh, I in, mean, oh, there's.
2: Oded oh, Fair. Was he the, the mummy? Yes.
0: yes. Yeah. And he's in Star Trek Discovery, right?
2: He's in Star Trek Discovery. He plays my admiral. Yes. Indeed. Oh my, God. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: I had, He's, I'm sure, is he's, he's a great admiral. You like working with him as a. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, he, he actually is.
2: He's a uh, uh, he, and as my 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 lovely Mrs. Laurie uh, will be watching with me, and she'll say, "My goodness, he's easy on the eyes." Yeah, she yeah. she likes looking at Odette.
0: He's what he's what we call mom bait, uh, mom like <laughs> yeah, sort of totally. women. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah,
2: right. right, It works. Like, it all works. Like 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 the, in the street boys, the tall the tall one was for the moms. Uh, what was it, yeah. Kevin? Kevin.
0: Oh my God, Odette Fair is the Kevin Richardson. Is the Kevin? And the you <laughs> are. You are speaking our I didn't expect you, I didn't expect you to say that. I <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's something, this about, is good. something about heavy eyebrows. Moms are just like, that's what I'm here
2: yeah, for. Riz, yeah, Riz, I think that's right, if we're yeah. following
1: the trend, yes.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of mom bait, Doug, I'm sure you've gotten some weird fan mail from – I feel that the Shape of Water creature, I've heard a lot of people, it, it does something for them. Y-
2: uh, yes. Uh, I, uh, for, <laughs> some, for some reason, the, the Shape of Water specifically, that movie, uh, taps into the middle-aged woman uh, demographic – that would love to have a fishman of their own. Yes. So when they do <laughs> meet, right? So especially during during award season when we were making the rounds and doing special screenings, uh I, we'd be available for Q&A and and mingling at receptions afterward. Oh yes. Uh I got lots of like hand holding and you know tear wiping and like I just lo- I don't <laughs> yeah, from from many, and it was so incredibly sweet that 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 a story like that could have such an effect on anyone. Yeah, uh, so
1: I was tickled pink about it. Well deserved. It's funny. I've I've heard multiple people talk about your character Billy the zombie in *Hocus yeah. Pocus* as also being like an early confusing crush. <laughs> like, oh, like, I have heard countless tales of that. Yeah. Yes, good cheekbones. You know, like helpful. <laughs> Helpful, yeah. good sense of humor, all real positives. Great hair, great,
0: great dresser. Also, I have to say, like he also kind of has that rom-com fish out of water thing. Like it's <laughs> true. Right? I, don't, I don't, care about Christmas. I'm just here to do my business job. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. He was brought, he was brought back from the grave three hundred years
2: after, uh, after, and he's like, what? I uh, oh. you know, yeah, by an yeah, ex
1: girlfriend. He- it's a, um, it's, you know, it's always hard. Always right, hard lips to sewn right. shut. He remembered, like, ah, right.
2: She killed. She poisoned me and sewed my lips shut, so I wouldn't tell her secrets in the afterlife. Got it. Got it. Mm. Happy reminder. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I
0: was trying. I, I like growing up. At some point, I was like, "What's that like? Really scary horror movie?" The really scary one, where like the lips and the fingers get cut off by the manhole cover. They were Is like, "You mean you the thought? comedy <laughs> film Hocus Pocus?" I thought it was a straight horror movie. Oh, <laughs> precious! Scariest thing I've ever you seen. You were just
2: a little puppy. You didn't know any better. <laughs>
0: I am currently only fourteen years old, so I wasn't born yet. See, what and, I'm saying, uh, right, uh, Thank you. We all agree. Yes, good.
1: Okay. Uh, <laughs> So, Doug, we talk a lot on this podcast about, like, childhood fears and how they play into the work we make. What were the things that scared you as a kid? Mm. For
2: me, uh, I lost both my grandfathers within a couple years of each other when I was about mm, 10-ish, 11-ish. And so, for me, it was... uh, all of those questions about ghosts and do they come back? Do they visit and, and are they harmful? Do you know, are, so I, I was afraid I was terrified of death and I was mm-hmm. terrified of those who had died for a short time there. Cause I didn't understand it all yet. Yeah.
0: Wow. You were worried they were going to come and visit.
2: Well, right. And, uh, and, and I wouldn't know how to communicate with them. And I, and I would mm-hmm. be, if, the, if so, you know, and, uh, And would they would they do some? Because a lot of movies you saw with ghosts were they might be there to harm you. They they, but why would my grandparents do that? I wasn't sure. But then, are there others floating around that you know that used to live in my house or whatever? I didn't know.
1: (laughs) Right. Uh, It's. I remember. uh, I I grew up in New Hampshire, and there are just cemeteries everywhere there for whatever old ones, very old ones, right? Yeah. And I remember my mom just as kind of like a fun thing we were driving by and she was like remember to always hold your breath when you drive by a graveyard and i was like i just did it but i never asked like why that would be and all i could imagine was that like ghosts are gonna try to like swirl up inside my mouth (laughs) and so if you were caught at a red light by a cemetery i was like I think Ooh. I'm gonna die. You know, this could this it, could be a, an issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Ch- children having to contend with uh, with death and what the afterlife is it mm-hmm. is the cause of I think a lot of early um, complex thought.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It was, it, and, and the monster under the bed never bothered me.
2: It was, it was, it was dead people that did. Wow. <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah.
0: Wow. That makes sense. And were you like a a scare seeker on any level? Like, did you like... Mm -mm. the horror movie. I mean, I feel like the classic universal movies are almost like books, like they're culturally important. They don't.
2: Right. Agreed. But yeah, when it comes to, yeah. When it came, uh, when it comes to like slasher films or, you know, you know, we're a bunch of naked teenagers in the woods, uh, having sex and smoking pot, but Oh no, here (laughs) comes someone to kill us all one at a time. Those movies never struck a a note with me ever. Yeah. And I get offered them all the time, by the way, to be the guy who comes after each one of them one at a time. Uh, Because, you know, people, I think the assumption is that, oh, he wears rubber bits. He must want to, he must love doing uh, films where he gets to stab people. I'm not sure where that, how that connection comes together. (laughs) Uh, So I, I, I I usually, that storyline has been done and done and done. So it just like artistically doesn't excite me. Um, Yeah. And, uh, and like, and and so, and also I, I like, I like, if I do a darker material, if I do something scary, I love for it to have a redemptive value to it somewhere. It's just Is the, is the lead character learning something, growing in some way, empower, getting empowered to fight you know, the demons in his real life? Whatever it is, I, I like to be a part of, of that kind of story. Uh, so if it's just kill, 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 and then right. he wakes up at the end for a sequel, uh, that's not my story to tell. Right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's interesting because those guys kind of go into other people's houses and you're – a lot of the people you've played, people come into your house.
2: Exactly.
0: That makes a right. lot of sense.
1: Right? I'm usually a victim, not a predator. Good heavens. Right. <laughs> right. And it's, it's also interesting to me just in like thinking about your amazing like breadth of work that even some of the characters who seem the most frightening, you bring a, a degree of like grace and delight to those characters that make them so much more interesting to watch. You know, like I was thinking about the gentleman from Buffy the Vampire Slayer Mm. and the fact (laughs) that like every bit, every bit is like, it looks as though they're engaging in their favorite hobby. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not like they're there to do evil. And I think Mm -hmm. that like human size nature behind a monster, that's my favorite part of any sort of scary movie. You know, I, and I, I think I would agree with you on that. The,
2: the, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer hush episode was tough for me to watch myself because I rarely get creeped out by myself. I was there. I remember the smell of the rubber on my face. Like, you know, <laughs> all those things are just like take the terror away. Watching that was disturbing because what you said here, we were these these very refined gentlemen with very graceful gestures and smiles, smiles for everyone, smiles. And we were, you know, when we're tearing apart a college kid and tearing his heart out, it's like, oh, no, you take the knife. Oh, no, you first. <laughs> As we're gesturing silently to each other,
1: it was just really like, oh, who are these
0: freaks, right? Oh, my God.
1: It's so, yeah, it's so effective. And, and you know, Anne and I are so much on the same page about, you know, like slasher and gory stuff is not is not our vibe. I think we we were kids who were fascinated by scary things, but always kind of from behind the couch. Um, and and there's yeah. something about that like middle ground that we like to live in, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the like
0: daring stuff. yourself to watch the scary thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right.
0: Um, something that scares Andrew and I a lot is being embarrassed. I think like we're both <laughs> sort of easily embarrassed people. Um, the monster under the bed is myself doing something stupid in public, um, and I feel <laughs> right. like. I feel like acting in general, another thing that Andrew and I have talked about is that acting is really embarrassing. It's a lot of like like look at it a certain way. There's a lot of like you're being sort of you know, doing a self-tape is sort of humiliating and yeah. um it's just a lot of that. But like and I feel like as a physical performer, have you been in audition situations where you're I mean, like this must be a while ago, but like have you like crawled around a casting director's office and like had to do <laughs> crazy oh. things like that. And, and how do you feel when you're doing that? Are you just like in performer mode or are you self-conscious mm-hmm. at all?
2: Yeah, you're right. Exactly. I've been in the lobby with actors who didn't feel comfortable with what the, being there and doing that at all. They're like, what do we have? Oh gosh, this is humiliating. Uh, but, but you know, ha- I found out early that I just have to commit. I have to get in there to go there with the guts of a bank robber and steal that room. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I have crawled around on desks. I have, you know, done hopped on chairs. I have crawled up walls. Uh, one of the most humiliating moments, though, was if you remember the Mac Tonight campaign for McDonald's, it was a crescent moonhead that sang at a piano when the clock strikes. Hey, half past <laughs> six, babe. Um, uh, it was this nightclub singing character. I got an audition uh, for to go in for a McDonald's commercial to play a nightclub singer. I looked at myself in the mirror. I was 26, 27 at the time going, I don't think this is going to sell because in in, in the lobby, sure enough, there were like Frank Sinatra looking guys in there. But then I saw the storyboard on the wall and it was like this crescent moon head. It was like a big prosthetic, you know, animatronic head that was going to go over our now I know why I'm here. Okay, got it. (laughs) So I so I go into I go into the room. They already had the song recorded. It was a the, it was Mac the Knife, but rewritten with McDonald's lyrics and a new singer. <laughs> so I, we had to kind of lip sync along to this after having heard it repeatedly in the lobby. Uh, so you uh, said uh, sitting at a keyboard, kind of going gesturing and jiving and like a nightclub guy, like, "Hey, I'm into this music, yeah!" And um, and then that was like great, Doug. Uh, now we're going to do it one more time. Uh, and we're just going to put this paper bag on your head so that we can get an idea of your body language without your face, if that's okay. So I was wearing a brown paper grocery sack over my head and like, are you kidding me? And I had to do it all over again. So I thought, okay. That was humiliating, but I got the gig. And 27 commercials later, I had bought my own house, my first house. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's
0: the best thing I've ever heard. This is my favorite story. (laughs) Okay, good. Oh,
1: my God.
2: humiliation can pay in the end. It can.
1: Now and then, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That is so funny. Yeah. The the thought process that it would never occur to a casting person to be like, I wonder if this will be dehumanizing to uh, Mm -hmm. say, like, we're putting a bag over your head. But – I mean, congratulations. Mm -hmm. I remember those commercials well, and they did leave an impact, clearly. Yeah. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Is this something a terrorist organization would do to someone to make them talk? What we're doing in this (laughs) audition. (laughs) God bless. Sing this
1: song and wear this bag. Yeah. Wear this bag. For McDonald's. It also kind of sounds like a church hymn. Um, Yeah, Sing this song, song and wear this bag. bag. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, that, those lyrics feel different than what they normally. <laughs> new, new hymnal, new hymnal, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, Doug, I think it's time we have given you lyrics to truly one of the scary stories from the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark series uh, that mm-hmm. Anne and I have have not touched because it is it is quite iconic. Now. Were you aware of these books at all? No, uh, uh, but but I,
2: I, not not until uh, Guillermo del Toro uh, produced these scary stories told to tell in the dark mm-hmm. movie. Right. Uh, so I, I was like, oh, that's a for based on a what?
1: Hmm? Huh?
2: So I, that was yeah. I'm new to it. Yeah.
1: yeah it's it's so interesting like because we've had we've had guests who it was a very formative part of their you know childhood or adult life and then people who have known nothing about it and it's super interesting to get like both of those perspectives um so you know if, if you need any refreshers this is just a, a series of stories that were designed so that kids could memorize them to tell each other um, really and yes the next thing this like, was written for kids yes. Isn't okay, oh, Okay, we'll talk about that after I've read it. Ooh. Yes, I can't okay.
2: wait. Um, <laughs> okay.
1: And I believe we have given you the lyrics to the hearse song. Yeah, yes. yes. Feel free to read at your leisure.
2: <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> okay. All right. Here goes. Don't you ever laugh as the hearse goes by? For you may, oh, yeah, let me start over, let me start over. That was the wrong tone. <laughs> Don't you ever laugh as the hearse goes by. For you may be the next to die. They wrap you in a big white sheet from your head down to your feet. They put you in a big black box and cover you up with dirt and rocks. All goes well for about a week. Then your coffin begins to leak. The worms come in, the worms crawl out. The worms play pinochle on your snout. They eat your eyes, they eat your nose. They eat the jelly between your toes. A big green worm with rolling eyes crawls in your stomach and out your eyes. Your stomach turns a slimy green and pus pours out like whipping cream you spread it on a slice of bread and that's what you eat when you are dead
1: oh my I, bravo <laughs> bravo thank you thank that you. Was, oh. I do, have you done audiobooks before Doug? Oh bless you um
2: I have not and I um. I've been asked that before, so thank you. Thank you. that's a huge compliment.
1: I will take. <laughs> no, you're very good at it. That was excellent. I mean, this is this is a. Uh, it's only really hitting me now how deeply messed up this this song is to give oh, to children.
2: <laughs> my gosh, and, and I, you know, and then I, I looked at the uh, little Wikipedia page on this because I'm like, what the heck, and. Uh, yeah, it says it was a uh, um, found in scary stories to tell in the dark, but it's a song about burial and human decomposition of unknown origin. It was a popular <laughs> World War One song. Can you imagine a World War One like the death and destruction, and and then let's let's talk about what happens to your body uh, as it
1: decomposes. Yeah, uh, I had no. That's a wild fact. Yeah, I and, guess and, that uh, was
0: like the first time that like soldiers were dying that far overseas and then coming home. Yeah. yeah. And, and it
2: says, it, it, it has many variant titles, lyrics and melodies, but generally features the, the line, uh, uh, the worms crawl in, the worms crawl out. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was, uh, uh, it was a, a, was popular in the 20th century as an American and British children's song. Are you effing kidding me? <laughs> Yeah. Hey, what kids gather going? around. Let's talk about, cause I, again, I told you I mean, that was my issue as a kid Yes, death and exactly. what happens to the body, what happens to the soul. And, uh, and if I had heard that, I <laughs> I would never come back out of the house ever again. You know,
1: that's the thing. It's so, I mean, I remember hearing this as a kid and I think it's that like the words did not permeate my brain. Like I don't think I was, (laughs) I don't think I was really understand. I remember like hearing like gross word, like gross words and the fact that like there'd be jelly between toes. It all felt very divorced from me because it's also not what I thought burial looked like. So I was sort of like, that must have been how they did things a long time ago, but not now. Good for you. Okay, cool. yeah. <laughs> cool.
0: yeah. Man, I love that. I mean, I definitely was half and half where I was like, what's Pinochle? Let me look that up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but then the other side, I, I was very transfixed because I grew up Catholic, so it was a lot of open caskets, and I sort mm-hmm. of lay in bed thinking about like, so are we at like toe jelly or like, <laughs> what part are we at now? Is yeah. it like... It also introduces a very interesting uh, idea that you have to eat something when you're dead. Like, that's what you eat when you're dead.
2: Right? I wasn't aware there was a need, right? I didn't
0: even yeah. think about that. Oh,
2: my gosh. That's true. Yeah. As you're getting skinnier and decomposing further and further, it's like, right. uh, I'm not sure where the nutrients coming from. but
1: <laughs> It
2: begs the question, where are you getting the bread from?
0: Where's the bread? Thank, Thank you. Where right. is the
2: bread? <laughs> Right, he's, he's got he's got the the like whipping cream green goo. It's like now, what can I spread this on? Ah, someone put a <laughs> loaf of bread in my coffin. Thank heaven!
1: Yeah, right. an
0: insane undertaker. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's, funny, it's funny. I I, uh, I have watched many History Channel specials about like the truth behind vampires or witches or zombies. Yeah. And one of the big things was that uh, largely the in, during the middle ages, people just did not understand the decompression process or the decomposition process at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and they feared that, you know, dead bodies spread disease. So they would bury them before they would get to that point. Um, and as a result of that, like when there would be fears of like the undead or ghosts or vampires and, and bodies would be exhumed, a normal part is like bloating and people would be like, this body is getting fatter. So yeah. they must be coming up out of their grave and eating people or sucking <sighs> blood. And they would also notice that as the uh, body dehydrates, that it appears that uh, your fingernails are growing or uh, that your teeth are more pronounced. And th- that was where like the, the stereotypical vampire image comes from. It's just, they didn't understand that's what happens to every body.
0: Oh, because the the lips were receding or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Oh, and the,
1: oh, and the gums were were failing. And, and uh, yeah. But, but so nails and hair don't grow after you're dead. Is that what we're hearing? I don't know. I don't know about hair. I feel like hair. It it might be that nails do too. I just remember again from a twenty five year old History Channel special that that was an hey. element. And then also um, Interesting. There, there tends to be like bruising around the mouth and hands. And it looks like a body has had its fingers or mouth and blood. And so people thought, oh, well, that's what's going on. Oh, uh, um, sure, sure, sure. Oh, yeah. wow. wow. Mm. And, and I guess there in, in other cultures, there is more um, vampires look different in other cultures because in some places the body would be set out or burned or uh, you would see it. Uh, decomposing, um, and so they just had like a completely different idea of what vampires look like, which I think is very funny. That it would be like the same idea, but instead there are some that are like hopping creatures, or some that have like bright blue skin, or that their heads detach from their bodies. all right um, right, 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 Real fun, real fun.
2: <laughs> right. Well, you know, I've I've played uh, two two vampires, uh, uh, the Baron on What We Do in the Shadows. Yes, of course. And and he's he's kind of like withered over time you can tell he's ancient and he used to be quite quite gorgeous I'm sure and he still thinks he is <laughs> I also played uh Nosferatu in a remake that has not come out yet <gasps> uh which I'm very excited about oh um, my gosh and, and i he too it was you know a baron and an account that had their heyday where they were probably quite handsome and quite you know beloved by by many and now they've just kind of like hold up and like <sighs> And fading, and they just—they just have no idea how hideous they are. I love that. That is right. I guess
0: he can't see himself in a mirror. Right,
2: right. Yeah. So it feels like that. It's my—it's my own personal story. I'm—I'm fading and getting hideous, and I just don't know it yet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm 61
2: now. It's—it's time. It's time to go
1: gross. It's—it's. You could draw a lot of inspiration from visiting Palm Springs. I suspect it's a lot of people who are like, (laughs) "I'll be young and beautiful forever." If I just bake in the
2: sun one more hour, <laughs> no. I know, right? <laughs> my God. So
0: the, the the Baron costume, it looks like it's like a full body, like rubber yeah. suit. Well, it, How, it, in the, tell in us the, about
2: it. Yeah, in the pilot episode, uh, uh, the first episode of the entire series, yes, I, I step out of my coffin stark naked with no genitalia, part of the storyline. <laughs> and that was a head to toe transformation. It took six hours to get me looking like that. Oh and so God, when they had wow. me come back for subsequent episodes, which it wasn't supposed to be, I was, they were supposed to be done with me after the pilot. But Jermaine Clement, the, uh, one of the show creators said, we're having too much fun with you. Can you come back? I'm like, yes. So, uh, so when I came back, uh, I, 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 I just asked them, is there a way to not put me through six hours of makeup a day? Cause I was also working on Star Trek discovery at the same time and they had to kind of borrow me for, you know, on d- days off. So I I just like so that's when they gave me the, all the regalia to wear and it, it was more of a head and hands thing so it, it cut the time down to about an
1: hour and a half which was glorious uh, yeah wow it that is astounding to me at what a difference that like of course the body would take a lot more time but oh, yeah. six six hours to an hour and a half yeah yeah I I can see exactly why head and hands is all it's all you really need. You know, and it was much much funnier that he was. You know, he came. He wanted a
2: night on the town, so he comes out with all of his of his ancient regalia. You know, wearing <laughs> these huge royal collars and these you know a gown that goes to the floor. And they're like, "Yeah, you need to blend." Like, what is this not blending? <laughs> so, uh, so he ends up he ends up like in a windbreaker and a and a Jersey Devil's baseball cap, which was uh, just brilliant.
1: Yeah, I, so, so
0: funny. It worked out way like better than being flabbering. naked the
1: whole. Yeah. <laughs> it it, it real that. Your, your presence in that show is so, so fantastic. And what a funny, yeah, what a funny series. The
0: whole cast is amazing. And oh, they really they're
1: all so
2: fun. And you talk about the, your improv backgrounds and things. Yeah, uh, that whole cast, uh, we, we do, we do a, the first couple takes on script. And then they say afterwards, it's like play as much as you want. They encourage it. And you oh. find some really beautiful golden gems, you know,
1: uh, out of that. Oh, that is so great. Now, so so you said there's a there's a Nosferatu role that the um, film that's coming out, and I I see that you also did a, a, a remake of the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Is that right? right? Same director with both movies, right?
2: Oh, uh, fantastic! And, right, and both both movies have were done with um with an as an homage to the original silent films. We did ours with sound and dialogue, uh, wow. but filmed in a very silent film looking style to the point where. Uh, we were filmed on green screen for largely for most scenes. And uh, um, a backdrop was created from the original film uh, with with still images that they could you know, superimpose uh, behind wow. us. So every every frame of, of each of those movies has a green screen element to it. So Nosferatu has taken a long time to come out because we filmed it a couple, few years ago. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's, I hope it comes out next year, 2022, because that will be the 100th anniversary of the silent film. So wow. That would make great sense, yeah. But uh, but play, get climbing into Max Shrek's look and playing in the same environment he played in digitally yeah. was uh, was just dreamy for me. That was my bucket list. That was my last rubber bits to wear in my face that I wanted to do before I retired. And so wow. I checked it all off. So I don't know what happened now. And <laughs> maybe maybe it's the Hallmark movies now, right?
1: I <laughs> listen. Ann and I have a pitch uh, for a Hallmark film that you started okay. in. Okay. It
0: is re- currently non-union but we're trying to get it sag. We want it to be sag. Okay.
1: Yeah. How many offers do you get like that?
0: <laughs> no, it's well, it's going to be. It's going yeah, to be. It's not. Be. But it will be.
1: Yeah, it's it's so interesting those like those silent um those silent monster movies. I I'm sure have left such an impression on creature performing now like uh, and at the time, you can imagine seeing people move in that way with that makeup mm-hmm. on screen must have just been earth shatteringly frightening. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can imagine. And, and
2: looking back at it, I just, I do draw so Lon Chaney Sr. Yeah, I drew so much from him. I, I had to do a deep dive on him because I did a, a special for uh, Turner Classic Movies to uh, like a little inter- a little documentary on on him. Oh, wow. So I, 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 I saw movies I'd never seen before of him and, and uh, he was the most fascinating on screen presence ever. Such a brilliant actor and a handsome man that covered him and he did his own makeups. So right. he put himself through tons of torture. He was an amputee wow. in a couple of movies and he, so he bent his legs back and strapped them down and I, uh, yeah, he, no, I, things I would never do to myself. So I, I feel like a hack next to Lon Chaney.
1: <laughs> no, not I'm sure Lon Chaney would be very impressed. I I I think I also, if I remember correctly, I believe he was the child of deaf parents. He was right, so he had to communicate visually with them. Exactly, right? Yeah, and that's it's so it's so clear at how good he is at at expression and that Mm -hmm. that physical uh, body language he has. The Phantom of the Opera, he's just so heartbreaking. And yeah. he
2: was he was so theatrical and big in
1: that, but but also still had such heart and such soul. Oh, loved him. Yeah. Love him. Yeah, it was very much like, oh yeah, this the Phantom's definitely a theater kid. It makes a lot of sense. That, totally. That, that, all, <laughs> that all checks out. Right, right, right.
0: He's dating the lead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Hollywood. Oh my god.
1: Doug, typically uh, uh, towards the end of our show, uh, we have a segment that we like to call "Scary, Scary Ideas for, for Things, things that, that Could Happen." happen where basically oh. it's just off the top of our heads. Um, we just it can be a sentence, it, just describing um, a frightening thing that could mm. theoretically happen to somebody, and we can give mm. we can give you some examples.
0: Well, yeah, we'll do ours first, and right. and if you feel moved, you can follow. Okay,
1: right, zero pressure.
0: I'll go first. Great. You are the much younger bride of a much older, very rich man. And he is away on business again. And he's given you the chalet for the weekend. But he said, whatever you do, don't open the door to my study. (laughs) And he's not even out the door yet. He's, like, getting his coat on and you're in the study. And, um you see a velvet curtain covering a window and it's moving a little bit and you walk slowly over to the curtain and you pull the curtain aside and it's a ghost and it eats you uh, that,
1: that could, could happen. happen it could happen
0: it's sometimes He's not even out you got to listen sometimes. sometimes
1: it's exactly what you expect you know yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there
0: is no turn. There is no turn in that one. It just was what it was. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, Andrew. Okay, ready? I think I
1: got it. You are the understudy for a grand dam of the American stage. And she falls victim to a mysterious, sudden stomach bug. And she explicitly asks that you... Do not wear her wig, but you can't help it. A big part of you getting into the industry was you wanted to wear wigs, and you put on her wig, and you realize that once you do, your hands are not your own, and you look in the mirror, and staring back at you is the reflection of the Grand Dame herself.
0: That, that could, could happen. happen. It could totally happen. That could it totally could. happen. I've heard
1: Could of it happening happen. once or twice. Uh, Doug, do you, do you feel so inclined? Mm. Okay.
2: <clears throat> our, our lead character wakes up in bed in the middle of the night because he hears heavy breathing and smells sulfur. The devil is at the foot of his bed. The devil says, I'm going to take you to hell right now unless you can write me a check for one (laughs) hundred dollars. Well, so this person thinks to himself, well, that's not that much. That's, I can save my soul super easy. Pulls out his checkbook and a pen, looks at the balance in his register and realizes he's overdrawn. Dun, dun,
1: dun. That, that could, could happen. Could happen, Absolutely Doug. Could, that happen. could
0: happen, Doug. You have I to think to stay on top of your finances. I think that's my
1: favorite scary idea for a thing that could happen all the time.
0: Easily, the
1: devil being like, "I need a check for a hundred dollars. <laughs> One hundred. I'm not taking cash. You cannot Venmo me." <laughs> sure,
0: dude. <laughs> right. You o- right. You okay, the devil? Everything okay?
2: <laughs> oh my gosh! Right, right. He's low on groceries. Something I don't know.
0: Yeah. oh, God. Right. Threaten higher <laughs> yeah. a little
1: more. <laughs> right. Doug, you have been an absolute joy to have on the show. Your your reading was beautiful, and it was oh. just a delight to chat with you today.
2: Bless you! It's so so lovely to chat with you two funny kids too.
0: <laughs> just a couple of teens. <laughs> That's Right. Um, what a great Halloween treat! Thank you so much. Oh. And. I hope I hope you get only treats and no tricks. And congratulations on the
1: multiple Saturn Awards. That is so exciting.
2: Oh, thank you so much. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna. I have a. I, now I can have bookends, at, at, you know, and put things between them on a shelf.
1: <laughs> are, are there any uh, projects or shows that our listeners can keep an eye out for that you want to uh, promote? Well,
2: uh, aside from hopefully Nosferatu in 2022, uh, you can also uh, be watching Star Trek Discovery season four. The new season comes out uh, starting one week at a time, week by week, uh, on Paramount Plus, November 18th. Um, And also another feature film that would be doing the festival circuit in 2022 uh, is called The Knocking. It is a scary movie where I am the one doing the knocking.
0: Wow. Uh,
2: Okay. That's all I'm going to tell you for now. The titular role. Wow. The titular role. Yes. (laughs) The
0: incomparable knocking.
2: Yeah. Right. 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 Doug, thank you again so much. Happy Halloween. And happy Halloween to both of you. And thank you so
1: much for finding me a worthy subject on your show today. Oh, my God. We are are not worthy. Um, (laughs) And happy Halloween to you, Anna.
0: Happy Halloween, Andrew. And to everyone else, happy Halloween. And also, get get out out. forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news.